Misunderstanding Man versus Microorganism by Chelsea Flores, June 23, 2019, Tyler, Texas. Many of the organ systems in the human body, like the skin, the respiratory, and urinary tracts, are home to a normal flora of various microbes that never cause disease. The human gastrointestinal tract is home to the largest quantity of these organisms. If these organisms inhabit other regions outside of their normal habitat within their host, they can cause pathology. It has been estimated that these microbial cells are roughly equal to the number of host cells with the 1.3 to 1 ratio. Era of Examination In the 1600s, Antony van Leeuwenhoek began developing microscopes by melting glass with a candle flame to make small beads, which he used for the lenses. In his lifetime, he made over 500 different microscopes, some of which could magnify up to 500 times. He was the first to observe pond water creatures, yeast, bacteria in dental plaque and fecal matter, blood cells, gout crystals, and muscle fiber cells. He compared his fecal and oral microbiota and noticed striking differences in the two habitats, as well as differences between healthy and sick individuals. The discovery of this tiny new world caused an explosion of questions with the most pressing being, where do these microorganisms come from? Era of Elimination Ancient societies believed that disease was a divine punishment or they utilized astrological explanations to understand pathological processes. In 1546, Girolamo Fracastoro first proposed the theory that communicable diseases were transferable by tiny particles passed from person to person, but he had no way to test this theory. It wasn't until Leeuwenhoek discovered his animalcules that people started to suspect these microorganisms might be the cause of disease. Robert Koch was able to provide convincing proof for the germ theory of disease in 1876 by observing bacillus anthracis cells in the blood of sheep that had died of anthrax. By inoculating mice with infected sheep blood, he was able to recover bacillus anthracis from these mice. With the cause of infectious disease discovered, elimination and prevention techniques began to surface. The British physician and father of modern surgery, Joseph Lister, developed effective methods to prevent infection in surgical wounds. In 1796, Edward Jenner noticed that milkmaids who suffered cowpox infections rarely got smallpox. By deliberately transferring material from cowpox lesions to an eight-year-old boy and inoculating material from smallpox lesions, Jenner discovered that the boy did not develop smallpox. His work paved the way for what would later be called vaccinations from the Latin word vaca for cow. British scientist Alexander Fleming was working with cultures of Staphylococcus when he noticed that one petri dish was growing mold surrounded by a clear zone where the bacteria didn't seem to be growing. He began to consider the possibility that the mold was secreting a substance that killed bacteria. Antimicrobial substances today are widely utilized and routinely prescribed. We're starting to see the repercussions of damaging the normal flora in chronic diseases that are emerging. Given the microbiome's delicate ecological balance, current theory suggests that modern hygienic practices, such as the overuse of antibiotics and improved sanitation, have actually weakened aspects of our health by decreasing the diversity of our symbiotic microorganisms. Decreased diversity has been correlated with higher instances of allergies, asthma, and other immune-related disorders. We're also seeing a worrisome increase in microbial strains that are completely resistant to any known treatment. Era of Embracement Humans were thought to be born sterile, but recent evidence suggests that microbes are detected in the amniotic fluid, placenta, meconium, and umbilical cord. 
a study comparing natural versus C-section birth was able to prove that a child's delivery mode has an impact on early microbiota composition and can have a lifelong impact. In addition to mode of delivery, source of nutrition has a large impact on an infant's microbiome. Scientists have noticed that human mothers produce a various number of complex sugars that cannot be digested by infants and are likely to feed the microbiome. Studies have shown that the microbiome of exclusively breastfed babies differed significantly and is much more diverse than formula-fed or breast and formula-fed infants. Among the numerous factors that modulate the microbial composition of the gut, diet is perhaps the most influential. It has been shown that the microbiota undergo rapid changes as the result of dietary shifts and that a Western diet yields a very different core microbiome than those found in populations sampled from American Indian and Malawian tribes. Dysbiosis or dysregulation in bacterial communities of the gut has been explored as an environmental factor in diseases such as inflammatory bowel disease and colorectal cancer. Dysbiosis has also been implicated in cardiovascular disease, obesity, and psychiatric disorders. Studies are linking altered microbial communities to allergies, asthma, and other immune-related disorders as well. The idea of replacing harmful microbes with beneficial ones was first introduced by the Russian scientist and Nobel Prize laureate Eli Mekhinikov in 1907. He suggested that drinking fermented milk would establish harmless bacterial colonies and reported health benefits from ingesting fermented milk himself. Eventually, physicians prescribe fermented milk to their patients. Today, probiotics are readily available over the counter. Fecal microbiome transplantation introduces distal gut flora from a healthy donor into an unhealthy recipient. This seemingly radical procedure has been performed with remarkable success to treat subjects with recurrent refractory C. diff infections. Our conceptual framework for understanding the impact of diet on the gut microbiome, health, and disease has advanced considerably and dietary intervention to increase human health through modulation of the gut microbiota has great potential. Healthcare providers need to educate patients on how lifestyle choices are impacting their health and the health of generations to come. This knowledge also puts health back in the hands of the individual. It has been shown that dietary changes can lead to dramatic shifts in the gut microbiome relatively quickly. We know that the foundation of a microbiome core is established early in life, Mode of delivery and breastfeeding versus formula feeding have the greatest impact early on, and these decisions will leave a footprint that lasts a lifetime. It is time to step up and take responsibility for our own health and well-being. It is time to step up and do something about our current health crisis. This will start with one individual at a time making better choices for themselves and for their families.